What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boys. You're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest. He almost has a residency up in this joint. So, <laughs> Anthony Stokes, we are here to talk about intrusive thoughts, issue two. Now, yeah. bro, I mean, for one, I got to congratulate you because uh, this is now uh, project number five, six? No, uh, hold on, Decay. Four. This is eight. In one year. Oh, oh no! For this, uh, for this year, yeah, this is Project Five. This is Project Five. So I'm, I'm looking at it beginning of the year. I'm like, I was like, man, I had to look back at all the interviews that I've done, and I was like, this is Project Five. Okay, so kudos to you, bro, because yeah. uh, you, you've now completely expanded your palette. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm -hmm. not saying completely because there's still a lot out there. I mean, you you actually released a lot of things that you're about to be doing in the future. But to get to this book, um, the last time that we we got to see Tyler, uh, nope, this is a very mentally challenged young brother who has been yeah. going through a lot of bullying. And the last time basically that we left him, his bully caught up with him in the middle of the street and tried to shoot the fair one with him. Yeah. And ultimately the, the demon that we saw surfacing in the first issue finally revealed itself a little bit more at the end of the cliffhanger of issue one, which leaves yeah. us with Brandon on the floor, almost in a puddle of blood and Tyler not knowing what the fuck just happened. Exactly. Yep. So where does this leave us now? Because Tyler now having this fractured mind and is continuing to now now almost at the point where he's continuing to go about his life but almost looking over his shoulder every five seconds yeah well it's uh it's a lot happens and really uh this one is dealing with the the implications of this in incident in the very very immediate you know it's the immediate aftermath but this mm -hmm. incident is going to have like major implications for Tyler and the universe itself like real soon yeah and it, it's almost to the point where of course there's a revealing and almost within the first uh, I'm going to say four to five pages of issue two and yeah. we, we come to the revealing of the actual paralysis demon that is uh, that is inhibiting Tyler's mind and mm -hmm. it's not what we expect because we were looking at issue one and we started to see these shadowy figures that started to pop up in his dreams. One, he had that dream where in issue one, where he got slashed across his throat and he felt like, you know, he was getting killed in his sleep and he, and he woke up and it was like, that was almost like his mind fracturing, just, just happening more and more. But yet in the reveal, it turns out that, you know, he's not, he, he's not so, He's not so sinister to to Tyler himself. He's almost his protector. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the conception of this series uh, is really inspired by uh, Satsuki Fujimoto's. Uh, he did Chainsaw Man. He did Fire Punch, a bunch of other stuff. And mm -hmm. when you read this guy's work, uh, he's all about being subversive and just keeping the audience on the stoves. Like, I, I think that's, like, the main thing. And that's what I wanted to bring to this series. I wanted something that would just keep people on their toes, keep them guessing. So, uh, but, but also, when you're when you're making these hard left turns, 
it, it also has to be consistent with the logic of the story in the world as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, keeping that in mind, that was definitely like an express goal uh, for this comic, for this series, you know? Right. And, and inevitably, I mean, in all in all, you're looking at the demon itself, Tyler, but something is still hunting him. And is it, yeah. is it because he's so he's so unstable and that he is suicidal that almost it's like a version of death is haunting him? It's I think it's like his 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 mental state is is reflecting reality essentially or, or reverse reality. His mental state is coming out like uh, so that's that's what's happening. So if he was really happy, then happy stuff would, would, would project, you know, but he's depressed, he's anxious. So anxious and depressing stuff is, is projecting essentially. Got you. And we uh, and, and note the, uh, the demon has a name. He decides yes. to give him the name of Pez because of, because of how big his mouth gets and he looks like a Pez dispenser. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like a fair, like one of my, I, I, I don't really get too much and maybe this, I shouldn't say this. I don't get too much of the to the nitty gritty of the names too often, mm-hmm. but I thought that was for this character. I thought like I thought that was a good nickname, and I think like you need a strong nickname for a character yeah. like this. But Pez is Pez is ordinary. Like he's empathetic to Tyler. You know he yeah. So he's showing him the true nature of his subconscious. He's telling him about how his mind works. If Tyler had yeah. no idea how it worked. Yeah, you could think of Pez as kind of like the uh, you you could say like a guardian angel or somebody who just like represents like you know his childhood essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, like Pez is kind of juvenile. He's kind of like kind of like a kid himself, and that's what he represents. That's what I was thinking, and in even in the ways that he's talking to him, and just his just because he's like his phys- the physical manifestation of his of his mind, and the fact that you took on the the point of the creation of a demon being the total physical manifestation of his mind almost takes into heed is that if Tyler had good thoughts and had a positive attitude, would he be a demon? Yes. Yeah. So they're, they're got to play the cards close to the vest on that one. Cause a lot of this is like revealed, not for this issue, but like for future issues and like kind mm-hmm. of the overall series reveals. Yeah. but those are that, that will be addressed for sure. Mm, okay got you now necessarily i mean he's in college he's trying to basically like get as much help that he can he's going through detention he's going through therapies he you know he just got into like probably the biggest fight he's ever gotten into with brandon brandon's now in the hospital there's so much happening and yet he's still roaming around freely he's not it's not to the point where you have those cliffhangers where the the protagonist had something happen to almost to where it's a setup. Brand Brandon's laying there in the middle of the street. So yeah. there's no police at his, even though the police came, he didn't get arrested or anything. It was like, Hey, my buddy got like one, one of my friends got fucked up after I had an altercation yeah. with him. Like, he, and everybody thinks it's a bear. Some people think it's a shark or anything like that, but nothing particular yeah. happens to Tyler. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, this is dealing with the immediate, uh, replication of that first issue, but they would that will become a big part of it later, you know, very, very soon. Mm. Now, overall, this series, like, of course, is a mental obstacle course 
in mental health, especially just in the main character itself. But inevitably, it's also taking on a resounding atmosphere of the people that are trying to help them. Yeah. So in pinpointing like a lot of those side characters that are trying to basically like point Tyler in the right direction, how are you looking to like take on that portion to where it's almost like they're trying to have a controlled type of therapy with them? But it's it's that he's not accepting it. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of it. Anytime you have, at least I can think of anytime you have any kind of conflict in a story, generally speaking, the character has to go through some kind of change. Oh, my God. What is it? What's the word? It's like a scientific word, but I can't I can't think of it right now. They have to go through some kind of change metamorphosis to to overcome the issue. And largely it's either an external issue or it's, they have to figure out something internally to figure out the the external. And that's the case here. So they can guide him all they want, but essentially it's going to be up to Tyler to, to fix himself. You right. Know? Now, what is the significance? Because we saw it in the first issue and we see it a little bit more in this issue. The um, He's had this globe with him, like a, almost like a crystal ball that he's had with him since, he, since the beginning. Like the first page of issue one is him maybe at like age five sitting yeah. there with this globe now that it's fractured it's leaking and everything like that it might have been a snow globe because it's leaking a little bit of gelatin and it's still sitting on his end table like is there a significance towards that one particular item yeah no absolutely so the snow globe is more or less a metaphor for his uh mental state so the the split um, the split and the crack is what allows things to come out of his head, essentially. Right. So uh, what stands out to me is the, I think of the uh, Beauty and the Beast with the flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like an iconic metaphor from my childhood. And I think it's like sim- a similar sort of thing where it, it the, the metaphor or the uh, plot device changes physically and then it has like, I guess, magical replications. Mm. Now, also in that same effect, you know, you're taking on somebody here that basically Pez is explaining to him that his his mind is very vast. Yeah. And the more that his mind becomes fractured, the more thing is it that the more things will be released exactly. into some sort of some sort of physical physical reality of what his what could take place inside of his mind. Exactly, 100%. And that was almost like detailed like in, in, in this issue when he had the dream where he felt like he was drowning and he saw the waves. So Yes. And he's asking Pez, was that real? He was like, yeah, it was. You yeah, made it, it, comes, it comes from his head. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, also it just, you know, regular comic book shit. Somebody like basically conjuring up like a, like, like like a like a Green Lantern that could conjure up anything that they want to, and it turns into that that form. And you have somebody like him that's subconsciously doing it. It's subconscious, yeah. So if he and that's where that's where the term intrusive thoughts comes from. So if they're if they're good, he can't control it, right? Or he has to learn how to control it. But if he had if he were to think of something bad, which is what happens in this, then that bad thing could like come out of his head and escape and like 
rough some things up, you know. So uh, how in in this type of fold, like, is Pez becoming like this uh, this protector? Like, is he ultimately having battles within Tyler's mind? And anything that gets released that can harm him, he feels he needs to kill. Yeah, so, I mean, if you follow the logic or if you follow his theory is that if Tyler dies, then Pez will die. So I think right. it's self-preservation on some level. And like you said, Pez is very, see Tyler as like a friend, you know. Uh, really, the inspiration was like Calvin and Hobbes in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's some other, I think I think Venom is a good, is a good um, example as well, kind of like an inspiration. Uh, Death Note yeah. uh, with, with Ray Uke. Uh, so, you know, those, those dynamics are different, but I think like at its core, it's like this kind of magical kind of high concept being that, you know, helps and hurts the protagonist in, in some ways. Right. And inevitably, I mean, the biggest thing is like, I guess from, from the reader, from my perspective, just, just like basically like going through these past two issues in order for Tyler to like come in some some sort of like safe space to where he can actually be on his own. Like he has to work his way throughout these problems. There's no way that he's going to be able to do this. He's been suicidal. He's been, you know, somebody that hasn't had the capabilities to, to live a normal life because of his past. And the thing is, that's also a tidbit because we don't necessarily know a lot about his past. No, we you know you don't, and that's definitely gonna come up. That's definitely like the the core of the story is like figuring out like what happened, what were the circumstances, and how do we get here? And then once you solve that, like all right, we can start to fix this. Mm. Now, as far as like just basically uh, being a mender and everything like that, as far as like Pez is concerned, how is it that he's able to basically play housekeeper for so long and he hasn't been released at any point in time until now? So if you remember, that's a good question. So if you, one, or, or he's had these issues since he was, you know, since he was a kid, right? Yeah. But the thing is, the, the inciting incident, more or less, is is two things. One is uh, Brandon. Like, Brandon's causing extra stress. He's physically punching him, and, and as he's punching him, you see, like, the... Uh, the, 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 the cracks. You see you see a crack. And also, what happened the first issue is he's starting to apply for colleges. Yeah. So he doesn't have... Once you turn 18, like, he's, he's lonely and depressed now, but imagine... We talked about this. Imagine when you turn 18, and now you don't even have... You don't even have, like, the foster parents that don't even care about you. You don't even have them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the stress. It's almost, like, it's almost like the stress of adulthood is coming in. And and that's, I would say that's really what's the main thing. And then Brandon is kind of like the thing that pushes him over there. Like, it's like the last straw, basically. Yeah, and even with the events that happened that day prior, the second that basically he has a chance to sit down after basically he's in detention and they're telling him to basically look at the book, the shadows start to arise. So is that something that leaked from his mind as well? Yeah, he he drew the picture in the first issue, and then he looked at the picture in the second issue, and then it started like he projected it, or it appeared in his head, and then it it mm-hmm. came out of his head. Yeah. Now, there's of course another big cliffhanger at the end of this one because it has is a physical manifestation, so you can see you can physically see him. 
Um, yes. It's ultimately, I guess, set in stone that he can be revealed at any time. It's not somebody that's like an imaginary friend to where he's not mm -hmm. being seen or anything like that. It's not like Tyler sitting there talking to himself, but he, but we can see it on the page. He's an actual creature live harp, you know, like just harping around in public to the point yes. where he gets caught, you know, because of the actions that happened in the school that day, I guess by, what was it? By the principal? Principal. Yeah. Now some starts to suspect some stuff. Right. And the, and the thing is, I guess this is somebody that's been trying to help him in the long run now. And of course, he he lied and saying that, the you know, the demon was something that he created. He was just doing some shit for art class and everything like that. But ultimately, yeah. seeing this thing move for the first time and understanding the actions that might have happened to Brandon the day before. How does this all start to just con be constructed? Um, yeah, well, I'd like, and this is a guy I like, he's like, it's a, it's a art class, but it's clearly a math class, which is right. definitely something we, um, yeah, like I said, this is going to be all of the rest of the series is the implication from like what happens at the end of the, on, end of this issue. It's very much like, it's very plot focused, you know, I, I mean, it's very metaphorical, but it's also very, very plot based on like, all right, A and then B and then C and D. It's got like, like a domino effect, more or less. Mm -hmm. And and almost, I guess, at, at the same point, it's like the more that gets revealed is probably going to add more added stress onto Tyler, which yep. then <laughs> whatever's fractured is going to become completely broken. And then also almost at that end. Is Pez going to be the one that like has to fix things or or inevitably it's going to be like, look, I can't do any of this shit by myself. Tyler, you got to help me. I mean, yeah, like I said, Tyler's Tyler gonna have to figure it out for himself, and I feel like that's. Um, I, I I'm not a therapist, right? Like, um, and truthfully, I haven't been to enough therapy, and I, I, but I, I do believe that these things can help, right? Like, um, like you know, if, you know, people have traumatic childhoods and stuff like that. And that's unfortunate, but at a certain point in your adulthood, you kind of have to take, I mean, theoretically, I'm speaking today, I'm leaving myself some room, but you have to take accountability for your mental health. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I, so I, I think that's what it's about. And like, you know, like therapy, you know, like, you know, exercise and all that stuff, that stuff can help. But I think ultimately you need to want to fix yourself and that's what's going to have to happen. Word. And, and and I'm looking at it is like, is Tyler is somebody that just necessarily instead of trying to uh, attack the problem all the time, is he somebody that necessarily needs closure into what has happened to him in the past? Or is it something that basically he has to throw away in his mind? He, he's got to figure out the past. He's got to reconcile the past to, mm -hmm. to, to get through this for sure. Yeah, and it, now you were saying before, um, now you you've never been to therapy, so this is something like that's new to you. But you've you've taken on the topic of mental health. I've been to therapy not enough times, so I've been I've been a couple of times, mm -hmm. like so not as much not as much as I should. Yeah. Um, but we all go through the 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 sad realities that everybody goes through mental health stuff, but not everybody has access to a therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it's a sad reality, you know? So, um, yeah, no, I mean, 
I, I, I think all of my books are more or less about mental health. I think this is the one where it's like, you know, depression, anxiety, you're putting up words. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the K was about grief. Um, Tap or Die is about grief as well. And, you know, anger issues Mm -hmm. and rage, you know, you know, uh, God's What That is about like a lot of a lot of similar stuff. So, I mean, it's all it's all mental. I argue most plots or a lot of plots are about mental health, but this is one where you're pointing and being like, okay, this first scene is about therapy, you know, the, it's the cows intrusive thoughts. Uh, it's a more on the nose, I would say. Yeah. And then you almost like get a chance, like say, if you ever got the chance to actually talk to somebody about how your mind works. Yeah. Like if, if that was an actual thing, like if, if you had no idea how you were hardwired, but yet there was somebody who actually lives there who could tell you all yeah. about it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I think also while, while um, like I said, Todd needs to fix himself. I think friends can help with your, your mental health a lot. You know, like friends, I think a lot of times friends can be a big part of that. And like, Hey, maybe he just needs a great friend, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that, maybe that's all he's missing as well. True. True. Now, now, of course, I mean, we could talk about it because you've talked about it a few times. Um, now, this, uh, this collaboration and such that you, you yeah, know, that you've been working on, and of course, been been uh been plotting on with Mister McKelvey and Mister Moses, uh, yeah, where you've decided to basically like form like Voltron and put, your, <laughs> put yourselves out there to where you you know you you feel like you want to start a Yakuza book. Yeah, so uh, this was a wild process, and truthfully, this is like one of the best experiences of my my life, uh, my my career, my life so far. Um, I'm obviously super close with Moses and yeah. McKelvey. Um, we, you know, anytime. I mean, McKelvey actually lives like only a couple hours away, so I see him. I see him like you know every other month, once a month or whatever. We talk a lot. I'm, I was talking to him earlier. I talk to Chris every day. Um, so Charlie is showing me some uh, image of a guy holding up a cup, a black dude holding up a cup with, with a sunrise on. Okay. Like, All right. That's hard. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. He DMs me and Chris. He's like, yo, I got something for y'all. I want y'all to write this. Me and Chris are like, yo, this sounds lit. So, uh, me and Chris, we get in the lab and, and Charlie and part of the reason why it was great was that Charlie gave us directions for the first step, kind of like, all right, here's a bunch of plots you could do what you want, but here's my suggestion, and just stayed the fuck out the way for like the rest of it. It was it was like really cool, me and Chris, and then I mean it was like smooth. It was so smooth, man. Like he gave us it's a hundred pages, hundred pages. He gave us it's a hundred pages. This is just a trade or a, no? It's, yeah, trade paperback. Yeah. So big boy. So we had a hundred, we had a hundred pages written in like three months. Like we were just, we were just banging it out. Cause we talked every day anyway. So it was right. easy. you just banging out, banging out, banging out. And so he's like, all right, who do y'all recommend? And me and Chris have worked with a lot of same artists. So we recommend uh, Damiano Restivo, who is incredible. He's in it. He's a crazy talented artist. He he never phones it in. Every panel he's gone for. It. Every panel he's trying to make it as good looks good as possible. 
Um, he gets my friend Fabi Marquez to do uh, uh, to do coloring for uh, a cover, which is insane. Um, gets uh, I don't know, I think it's Jean Mart G E Z H E A N H Mart. I can't I don't remember the pronunciation, but she did the she did a type of die cover. She did a couple of covers for us all of it, like collectively. Mm-hmm. And then he gets so he gets the you you have kind of like the up and comers, I would say, like me for Steve O, Chris. And then he gets the colorist from Invincible. I can't remember the guy's name because I'm tired as hell, but he gets the colors from Invincible to do the colors. Oh shit. So it's like you, the Voltron thing isn't wrong. I mean, it's really, in my opinion, it's, it's truthfully like a a dream team, really. And I think it's going to be, it's truthfully like an incredible book. And uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good shit in that book. Like we, right. we, we really um, brought the best in each other. And I think this is going to be one of my best looking books. And I think it's going to be like incredibly well written. It's like super fun. Something completely different from what I've been doing, right? Like, okay. it's like lighter in some regards, darker in some regards. Like, I wanted something that could be anything. I think, like, going forward, I want to make stuff that's genreless, and this definitely fits. Like, it, it's a little, it, it gets crazy. Now, being somebody who, you know, enjoys the way that that you write, and you've done a lot of things singularly. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you know, you tend to be on your own island where you're you're able to write freely. The yeah. the, the act of co- collaboration. Yeah. Know, and Chris going back and forth. How does this work? We t- like when I say we talk every day, we literally talk all day. I talk to Chris more than I I talk to my girlfriend. <laughs> I talk to him way too damn much. So it's it's there, and then we just both know as well. We have a we have a respect. We talk we talk some shit but we have a massive respect for each other. And it's also like a good balance of knowing when to be professional. Like, all right, when do we have to button down and kind of like knock, knock things down or, and then a lot of times it just feels like, you know, I'm just, I'm just shooting the shit, you know, I'm just, we, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was, I can't, I can't, I want to tell the story. I can't, but we, we, <laughs> A lot of shit talk. A lot. I can't. I can't even get into it. I can't get to it. But a lot. A lot of shit talk. It's really fun. Um. But really, it's just about. I think what I also appreciate about Chris, is that Chris will say, Chris will say no, or I'll say no, and then we can be convinced. Like you have to, you know. I'll make an argument. I, I'll say this. So, um, one of the characters, uh. One of the characters, he his front for his business is a sex shop, and he runs like a a brothel basically. And then so you know we're like, yo, what if this guy, you know, well, what if he's getting a blowjob? Um, what if he's getting a blowjob while he's while he's he's at work? I'm like, oh man, but that yo, we can do something. Yo, what if he's getting his ass ate? <laughs> and Chris is like, what the fuck? I'm like, nah, bro. And I I just wear y'all like I am pounding the fucking table and I am making an argument and and Chris folded like it ended up in the but yeah I was like wait you having like a full on argument between either getting a blowjob or getting tossed <laughs> getting tossed because I was like to me toss is more interesting like we've seen that like let's not let's not lean on our first thought you know. And uh, I think the scene would have worked, but I think it works better. I think it's more off kilter. I think it's more like 
it's just more interesting, frankly. And like I said, Chris wasn't Chris was against the idea, and then I laid I made a good argument, and then Chris was like, "All right, cool." And then so, um, when I never feel as if because not every idea I have, right. a lot of the times I find myself when it's when it's you know like I alluded to in the relationship. It's a boss employer relationship. It's like whatever. I am like the idea go 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 guy, and like I need to be real then. So I'm not. I don't get offended when my ideas get rejected if there's a good reason. And if my if my idea doesn't make it in, either we compromise, or it's like okay, yeah, I can totally understand why this didn't work. Or even like a lot of times we'll just reconstitute the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I think that was the, that was the main thing, especially like when you're, when it's a, it, it, I don't want to say it's vague, but I mean, the title is long as hell, but essentially like Charlie gave us carte blanche, you know? So yeah. it was like, all right, we got to figure out like, what is this thing really about? And in that we threw out a lot of ideas. Okay. And like I said, like I said, I felt like oh, my ideas were heard and that's all I need really. Well, I, I, to be honest, knowing the both of you and having a chance to actually like have conversations with the both of you and getting a little inclination of how both your minds work, I don't feel like there's anything ever off the table. Yes. Yeah, it's, no. like, it's, no, it's like it's like a smorgasbord of shit. And it was like, OK, I obviously you can throw this in there. Yeah. Throw, throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> and we can make it That's work. That's how it should be. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, once again, nothing's ever nothing's ever off the table. So it's like the way that you guys have had the ability to procure stories, even taking shots at the fact that you've had the ability to add, like, you know, NSFW stuff into like it, it, whether it's whether it's bits and pieces of it or maybe in full on like basically what chris did with i summon the demon it, just recently yeah i mean it's pretty tame i'm reading i'm reading some of this stuff that he's written to me and and that salad tossing shit is tame like in comparison bro he was bugging nothing right <laughs> yeah exactly so so it's almost out there like okay if we got to make this work like it's almost like we can't just give everybody the pizza. We got to give them the crust too. You know, like yeah. you got to have the crust of the shit. You're not going to really understand the story. If I just give you pizza and some sauce, yeah. you know, <laughs> this thing will work. Metaphor. You know, so like, it's, you know, this got to understand that that's, that that's just going to be the way it goes. But the thing is, even, even in the midst of this, you guys are writing constantly. Stories yeah. are coming out in boatloads. So it's, it's almost to the point where, you are are you like interchanging stories like you feel like writing this today and then i go and i'm i'm writing this tomorrow and then i'm writing something else like the next day like, <laughs> you don't get confused by this shit no so um i, I to to your to your previous point yeah i think like i like where me and chris's stories are not we have our own individual story we have collabs and we have our own stuff yeah I feel like you're seeing, you know, us hit our stride. And I've had the uh, luxury of being an editor on uh, I Summon the Demon. And it's crazy. It's, it, it's, 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 it's a crazy world that he's building and stuff like that. I think the stuff that I'm working on is, is you're, you're really going to see 
like phase two of of what I got working on as well. So I'm really I'm really excited about that. And then I always do this. I'm sorry, you said something. What what was your last very last question? No, no, I was I was just saying like don't, don't you're not getting confused by how all I keep projects. Organized. Yeah, like how are you keeping organized? All the projects that you're doing, like how do you not get confused by some of the stuff, the headspace that you have to be in for certain books that you're writing? And then if you're doing multiple yeah. projects at one time, nothing kind of conflicts with the other. I mean, bro, you're 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 a parent. I feel like that's way more complicated. Like, I feel like anything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like that's way more complicated, more complex. Like for for me, I think I've gotten really good at compartmentalization. That you have to, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna look at my I'm gonna look at my board right here. So, Tap or Die Two is the next big release. Okay. I'm not worried about Intrusive Thoughts Issue Three in this moment. You know what I'm saying? Like two is two is getting funded. I gotta worry about Tap or Die too. Um, I'm more worried about making Yakuza. So it's like if you just make a list of priorities and you just you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. I mean, it's just kind of how I work anyway. Like I'll put a premise in the back of my head. I like and I this is something that people commented on. Like when I have a premise, I almost come up with the I'll make the come up with stuff that makes me laugh and then I'll just keep okay, I got another bit, I got another bit. And people will be like, You gotta come up with the story eventually. I'm like, yeah. no, but this is the fun part. So I'll file that stuff away and then I get enough or something that will happen to me. Like there's been times where I'll have I'll be missing a story beat to continue with something and I'll have an interaction, like a singular interaction, and then I just go, you mm -hmm. know. So it, it, you get you get good at it, you, but but you have to do that. I think people psych themselves out with a lot of this stuff but really it's a i mean it's life you got to compartmentalize it's life like you know like you know that like you know getting to work on time is more important than like you know making breakfast some mornings you know like yeah. it's it's yeah. so that's what it is i think people i think people say this out does it get stressful oh yeah no yeah. for sure it gets stressful though like i'm not gonna lie but that's why you just have to put some stuff to the to the back burner you know that's that's yep. as simple as you can make it. And and also in the same breath, I mean, you you're working in comics. Like most of it is a yeah. visual, is a visual medium medium. So like you're creating the story by what's supposed to be seen. And there might even yeah. be just a little bit of dialogue. Like a little bit here, a little bit there, sentence here, sentence there. I might give you like a piece of a paragraph, but I want you to see what's exactly happening here. So I have to describe in in such. It's not it's not much as I'm writing like this full on story. Like I'm giving you this Bible. Yeah. Like I'm I'm giving you descriptions at most, and then you just follow along with me. Yeah, and something also that I do is is to at a point I do want to work on stuff that I find fun. Like if it's a if it's a tiebreaker. Uh, right now I'm I'm enjoying Tap or Die a lot. You know, I just wrote Tap or Die the issue four script or I'm working on today. Um I got some other stuff. It's just whatever feels right. You know, I also try to write uh I try to write a little bit a day, but I also don't push myself. You know, I think I've been I've been writing for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I've been making comments for three years. I've been writing for a long time. So I I've outgrown a lot of the writer things, you know, like the the writer like oh I need to like organize everything by writing it down you know I need to go to I need to get a MacBook to mm -hmm. like so I can you can see me I need to type in public I need to like 
take a picture of me thinking really hard at my at my laptop. It's like, you know what? I did that shit when I was 18 years old. You know, right. I'm 30 now. You know, I don't have to do the 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 writer ready ready thing, you know. So I just skip over a lot of the minutia. I can tell you a personal milestone that the episode that we did for Tap and Die is actually one of the most downloaded podcasts that we've ever did. It's really? Probably, probably the the most down it like it still gets fucking downloaded to this day, like a lot. Wow. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, we gotta do another yeah. one. And I was like, damn, I was like, maybe, maybe because like I, I, in the, in the bio, we talk so much about wrestling that people think yeah. it's, a, it's a wrestling podcast. Like I actually named it rock bottom. Like that's what yeah. I named it because of basically how the cliffhanger is. And I was yeah. like, people are probably thinking that we're talking about wrestling the entire time yeah. with, without even thinking that we're talking about a comic book. I, I'm glad. And I'll tell you, I went to, uh, I went to Wakanda. I went to Baltimore Comic Con and I had a lot. I had a couple people tell me, like, "Oh, I, I heard a tap of die. I saw that." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, you might, might be making some moves." Okay, okay, you know, what yeah. I'm saying this give me all the motivation I need to keep writing. You know, because I mean, you, if you think about it, you're actually speaking from the perspective of probably one of the most, I guess, popular sports entertainment, you know. Things that are out there, whether it's WWE, yeah. AEW, uh, NXT, or anything like that, people really fucking love wrestling. I remember how much I yeah. loved wrestling as a kid. So to even yeah. just hear the introspective tales about wrestling, like that uh, that that movie that's about to come out, a twenty four movie about the Von Von Erics. Yeah, people that just saw the trailer are not ready for about what they're going to see because they have no Ooh. idea about that storyline. Because they saw the trailer and they were like, oh, it's just about wrestling. I was like, you have no idea about the Von Erics. <laughs> Mine's me of Foxcatcher a little bit, which I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoy Foxcatcher. That's like one of my yeah, favorite movies. underrated. So like, literally, if you see this trailer, you're like, oh, it's just a wrestling movie. Yeah. Not, not with this at all. Dope. I'm excited. You just got me excited. Oh, yeah. Well, bro, I appreciate you doing this with me. Uh once again, as always, Intrusive Thoughts is live on Kickstarter. Now, no, you're not going the same route you did with uh, I, w- I Wish the Guys Were All Dead, where you basically gave us 19 days. This is going to be up there for a little bit. You got a whole month. I hit the wrong button on the, on the, <laughs> on the launch. <laughs> so, <laughs> that shit was like, that shit would have ended like in a couple weeks if after me. But, you know, we we it's doing good. You know, uh, I just got to get my... This is a worst case scenario, like because you want a short campaign to deal with the dead zone. Yeah, and it's it's who this is going. I need to like a vacation. It's gonna be a minute. <laughs> he said I hit the wrong button. I don't I don't get the money for like two months, man. So, nah, man. But well, look, it is what it is. I'm sure it'll be in our hands in no time flat. At least this one's going to probably like hit by the end of November. <laughs> Word. <laughs> but, Look, well, bro, once again, thank you again for being here. Uh, Intrusive yeah. 2 is live on Kickstarter right now, so please go out there and get that. Shout out to Anthony Stokes, Grandmaster Facts here. Uh, see us live on YouTube. Thank you for everybody for being here, and we are out. <laughs>